Hello everybody and welcome back to the Real Time Podcast. This podcast is for those who are looking to become inspired and level up in all aspects of life. The Real Time Podcast brings you content of real value through being open, honest and upfront about how things are to provide real and constructive advice on how to start stepping up and becoming your highest self. Well then, what are you waiting for? It's time to get real. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited for you to be tuning in to hear from our special guest today because his story is truly inspiring. So today's special guest is Grav Junjunwala. He is a 33-year-old New Delhi-based businessman, investor, and speaker. Grav is afflicted by a rare disease, which resulted in him losing his vision and becoming blind by the age of 20. However, rather than slowing him down, his condition has only fueled his passion and purpose in life. When he's not scaling his startups, Grav spends his time coaching people from all over the world on how to bring a winning mindset to their life, work, and relationships. I am so excited for you to hear from Grav, so let's dive straight into it. Well, I am super excited to announce um, and introduce today's guest to the episode. So welcome, Garav. Thank you so much. No worries. I'm so excited to have you here on the show today. I would love it if you could just start off by introducing yourself to our listeners. Great. Thank you so much, Emily. So my name is Gaurav. And a little background about myself. I was born and raised in Hong Kong, where I went to school. I lived there for 20 years before going to the US for my undergraduate studies. And now I've been living in New Delhi for about 10 years. And at the age of 13, I was diagnosed with a genetic disorder called retinitis pigmentosa, which essentially means that the cells at the, at the back of my eye within the retina are dying over time. And essentially, currently I have lost most of the vision, or actually all of the vision in the central part of my eyes in both of my eyes. I can't imagine what that would have even been like for you as that, as that sounds like something that obviously over time, it's going to continue getting worse and worse. Um, so it's, you, were, you were born with the ability to see from what I can understand and then, and then you were developed this condition, which is um, how, how much vision would you say you have left now? Pretty less. Um, so yeah, yes, correct. I was born with the ability to see and it was fine for the earlier part of my life, but it got worse and worse over time. And I think by the time I hit uh, secondary school, so seventh or eighth grade, I wasn't able to read the text on the blackboard anymore. And over time, I'm no longer able to see or recognize faces, not able to see exactly where I'm going. I only have my peripheral vision left uh, at the moment. And yes, it, it, it is a progressive disease. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you do actually, you did go and um, study um, a tertiary degree as well. So you've gone through school as well as getting a degree with this disability. So I'd love to hear a bit of like, how was this experience for you? What was it like having to deal and manage the disability throughout your studies? So interestingly, I didn't end up getting my degree. I left college with Three, uh, three semesters to go. 
and there's an interesting story behind that. But I think essentially what happened, Emily, was that for the longest part of my life, I was living a path or a journey which I felt was, which I didn't have an option or I didn't have a, the ability to change or say no to. It just seemed like it's what everyone did, that all my, all my friends, everyone uh, in my school in Hong Kong eventually went on to get an undergraduate degree from the US or the UK or Australia. So that's what I did as well. So I, I did not know or understand that I had an option. And essentially what happened was that there was so much anxiety and so much tension when I did go to college that it hampered my ability to really perform. And I did okay in college, but there was this constant constant stress and anxiety about, about managing the disability. And um, yeah, you mentioned how it felt like it was kind of a journey that everyone has to go on to go to college and um, to go get a degree and all of that. And that's why you were following that path. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I think a lot of people, um, even in my generation, do relate to that in a sense, in that they feel like it is this pre- like determined path that they have to go on and they have to pick something to study and follow through with it and all of that. So that's really bold of you to have been able to remove yourself from that environment, even though you were so far through your studies um, and completely rearrange your path. So what, so once you decided to break away from your studies, what direction were you looking to go in with your life? So I was actually pretty directionless. Uh, prior to going to college as well as once I decided to cut my uh, education short and and move back and at that time I moved back to Hong Kong and there was a lot of guilt and shame around not completing my education and I had a lot of friends and a lot of family members and, and people around me kind of inquiring about what I planned to do and a lot of people were trying to figure out what had happened with my education in a, in a roundabout way without directly uh, questioning me about it. But I knew that what they were trying to get at was to figure out that had I completed my education, had I gotten my degree or had I just, um, had I just left that in between. So when I came back, I, I pretty much had no direction because it's like you're playing a board game and you completely skipped, skipped a step. So it was like, you know, this entire element that's missing. So at that point in time, I had no idea what I was doing or what I wanted to do. And my family at that time moved from Hong Kong to India. And I joined my family business here in India at, at that time. Wow. So so then uh, I guess, so you talk about having to find your direction then because you were quite directionless. So what did that sort of look like for you? How Like going about figuring out where you'd want to go from there? Because I do understand that you do have your own coaching business now, which we're going to talk a bit more about shortly. But um, what kind of, like, what was that jump from working in your family business towards creating your own business sort of like? Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was another journey within itself. So when I, um, when I was back in India, I did a lot of soul searching I, I met one of my mentors while while in India. He he was a uh, Filipino Chinese gentleman who uh, taught me a lot about spirituality. I learned about uh, karma. I learned about many different aspects which I have infused into my life and use as as my guiding compass now. So I, I realized I don't need really need a map. I don't need to know exactly what's coming next in my life uh, because it's really difficult to know that. But I, I've I figured out what my compass is and, and my compass is that my goal in life is to constantly inspire people around me 
to be the best versions of themselves. And in order to do that, I also need to constantly inspire myself as well. So I, I worked in my family business for about nine to 10 years. And I essentially my family business is in the business of um, uh, publishing textbooks here in India. We're the largest textbook publishing company in India. And my, my role within the company was to bring the company into the 21st century. I started on Google Books, Kindle Store. We launched a, a bunch of e-learning uh, verticals. And eventually, um, the e-commerce vertical, which I started from scratch, reached about uh, 4 to $5 million in sales within the first two to three years uh, from, from a standing start. So I was very proud of that. Yes, that's definitely something to be so proud of. Um, and I think as well, what would be interesting to hear about is um, because I feel like everyone has challenges in their life, you know, no matter who you are, there's always different challenges you're going to face. And of course, having your um, vision impairment, that's going to con like throw even more challenges into the mix for you. And yet you're, you've been so capable of accomplishing so many things. So I would love to hear about some of the biggest challenges that you faced and had to work on overcoming. So I think the biggest challenges were not external, they were rather internal because I had the sense of uh, unworthiness and the sense that I wasn't really bringing much value. I, I think it started from the fact that I didn't have a college degree and that just snowballed into a whole bunch of other uh, distortions within the, my mind. Um, the fact that I didn't have a degree, the fact that my vision was getting worse over time, all these things put together. Plus I entered into a business which was uh, almost 70 years old at the time that I joined. And there were all these successful people within the business, other family members, um, employees who'd been there for many, many years, who knew the business inside and out. So all these things just coalesced into this feeling of unworthiness that I had within myself that I'm not sure how or where I'd even be able to add value. And, you know, over the years, as, um, <clears throat> as I escalated, uh, as, I, as I got promoted through the business and eventually entered the board of directors, I had the sense that I don't really deserve to be here. So it was imposter syndrome on steroids. Mm. And that, that was something really difficult to overcome because I was constantly trying to prove myself, not to others, but just to myself. You know, if, if I felt this yeah. sense of, if I felt this sense of security with myself, I, I would be able to get over, you know, other people's expectations of me. But but my own expectations were the really difficult ones to, to live up to. So that was, yeah. I, I felt, the, the most difficult aspect of the entire journey. Wow. And um, so you, you, you talk about those feelings of unworthiness and lacking self-value and, and, of course, the imposter syndrome, which you've just mentioned. So, well, if, if, if there are a lot of the challenges that you face, then what are the things that motivate you and allowed you to, you know, profile yourself forward to becoming the person you are now? So I think my I had this great love of reading. And what happened was that when I was 13, 14 years old, I used up until that age, I used to love reading. And as my vision got worse, it, it used to become very difficult to read the printed words on the page. And eventually I stopped reading as much as I did. In fact, I almost stopped reading completely altogether. And about the age of 27, I I got an iPhone and there was this great software on the iPhone called VoiceOver. And with the VoiceOver text-to-speech software, I, I was able to use apps again. So I, I, I got the Audible audiobooks app and I started reading audiobooks. At first, I, I was reading a, a book 
a month and I increased this, this, the rate of speech. Then I was eventually reading a book a week. Now I've graduated onto the Kindle app and I'm reading even faster so I can read a book every two to three days. So I rediscovered my love for reading and I started reading first um, fiction books and then eventually philosophy, business uh, biographies, uh, science, math, everything. I just became a, a sponge for knowledge. And eventually what happened was that in our, in our business, we, we used to uh, sit down for lunch all together, all the key members of the business. And I found myself contributing to those discussions, those, those informal discussions at lunchtime more and more. And I realized that I had a lot more to add than, than I thought I did because I was able to bring in information and knowledge from different businesses, different industries, different disciplines. And I was able to apply them to our business. And I could start to see trends before they started to occur. So I could kind of see around the corner and I, I could kind of tell what's about to happen next. And that kind of raised my confidence over time. And even with the e-commerce business, I was told by a lot of um, senior members of our business that, you know, academic book sales are very different in India. People buy directly from the schools. This is not going to work. I said, okay, let's try. It doesn't matter to me if I fail. Let me just start to try. And I started to see trends where people were buying books all throughout the year. Generally in India, people buy textbooks in February, March, and April, because that's when the school, the new academic year is about to start. And the rest of the year, the sales are almost zero. And I, when I started selling online, I saw all kinds of books selling at all times of the year. And I started just to press the accelerator. And eventually, the, the business that I was handling started to take off. And that's what I think really led to my confidence was my, my, my ability to see around the corner, my ability to transfer knowledge and skills from different industries, and then eventually my, my success within the e-commerce vertical. Wow, that's that's incredible, and I love how you were able to, uh, you know, by through diving into reading eBooks and um, all of that, like listening to audiobooks, um, you were able to really work on yourself and improving your self worth and all of that, which has obviously had incredible impacts on you in the business world as well. And um, so in like speaking of business as well, I would love to hear all about your coaching business and how and why you created it and all of that, because I'm always interested to hear about um, these sorts of businesses, especially since they have so much to do with helping other people as well. So if you'd love to share mm -hmm. some information about that with us, I would love to hear it. Amazing. So what happened was that when I met this spiritual mentor of mine, uh, he always told me that it's always good to have a positive karmic bank balance. And the way you do that is by giving back to the society that you're in, to the world, to the place you're born, various places that you have a karmic connection to. It's always good to give back without an expectation of receiving. And I inculcated that in my life. And whether it was in a family business where I thought that, okay, I'm not just selling books online I'm giving an education to people. And that's what led to my interest in coaching. I always felt that, so when I started to lose my eyesight, more and more I felt I gained this gift of insight where I could understand other people better and not just what people were saying, but also what they were feeling inside. And that really helped me to understand that, yes, we all have goals, but there's a goal behind the goal and there's something that people really want which they're not able to consciously uncover. And 
throughout my life, people used to tell me that you're a great listener. So I thought, let me channelize this energy and let me channelize these abilities to, to really help people gain the impact and reach their peak potential in, in, the, in a coaching format. So that's how I started my coaching business. And, I, and it also ties into my purpose for my life that I want to constantly inspire people to be the best versions of themselves. My spiritual mentor told me that the two greatest days of our life are the day we realize our purpose and the day we achieve our purpose. So I think with coaching, it's helping me to get closer and closer to that purpose and to realize that purpose as well. So uh, would you say you haven't quite fully realized your purpose as of yet, or would you have a clear idea of what that might be for you? And um, if so, would you be open to sharing it? I think it's constantly evolving. Although I have clarity on it right now, I feel that when I take two or three steps, more is revealed to me. It's like, it's like headlights on a car. Uh, you, you could drive on a 100 mile highway, only being able to see 10 feet in front of you at a time. So it's the same that, that every time you take a couple of steps, more and more gets revealed to you. So my, my purpose has always been to inspire people and that's what it's always going to be. But what, what that means or how that translates into the actions that I take, that's constantly evolving. So early it was working in my family business, selling academic books at a low cost. Now it's coaching and, and, and I hope to um, coach people more and more. And what that eventually turns into, I, I don't know right now. I, I, I just trust the journey and I trust, I have faith that over time that would become more and more clear to me. I know that eventually I do want to have a greater impact on the visually impaired community. Currently, what I have done is I've invested in a business that is creating text-to-speech software for Android phones, specifically for visually impaired people. And I, I think technology is a great enabler. So hopefully I would get more and more involved in other such, um, other such initiatives where I can use the money and the financial freedom that I create for myself through coaching to then translate that into more uh, widespread impact for the visually impaired community. Yeah, this is incredible work that you're doing. And I love that uh, this whole journey that you're on. And I also love the concept that you mentioned about how our purposes are continually evolving as well, because I believe our lives are so big and so complex that it only makes sense that as we go through our journeys, our, our purpose and, and all of that is evolving with us as well. Um, and you, you speak a lot about spirituality. And I, I love this. Spirituality is something that I've started to dive deeper into myself within the past year. But I was curious to know, is this something that you are teaching um, through your coaching business? Or is this something that you simply just practice for yourself and your own, um, for your own benefits? So I, I, I do practice it myself. I, I bring in spiritual aspects to my coaching without putting labels on them because I feel in this day and age, things are already so divided. The world is so xenophobic. It's, it's so divisive. And sometimes people run away from labels. So I find that, you know, the, the more and more I learn about different cultures and different religions and different ways of, of perceiving the world, the more I find that the ultimate truth is just the same across. For example, I went to a, a Christian high school in Hong Kong where uh, we, I, I took a course called Who is Jesus? And I've learned that the Christian trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is very similar to what we have in India of the, the trinity of 
um, uh, Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the, the destroyer. Uh, we also have the same thing in Buddhism where you have courage, compassion, and wisdom. So many religions and many philosophies actually boil down to the same ultimate truth. And what I've realized is that spiritual uh, religion and spirituality is actually like soap. So when you take a shower, you, you use soap to wash off the dirt and the grime. But eventually you're not truly clean until you've not washed off the soap as well. So to really get to that ultimate truth, you also have to transcend your philosophies and your, your religions because truth does not have a label to it. It does not have a, have a name to it. It is just a way of being. It is just a, a knowingness and a beingness that, and, and a, an experiential um, way of being that, that you cannot attach a label to. Yes. Wow. I think that is so insightful what you've just shared there. So thank you so much for that. Um, so something that I feel like everybody has to sort of go through in life, no matter who they are and what they're living with is learning to be their authentic self. So what has this been like for you and having to adapt to embrace your disability and, and, uh, accept it and, you know, overcome that to embrace who you are? I think that's a great question. It actually goes to the heart of how I structure my coaching. For the longest time, I didn't know who I was. I was very much a third culture kid. I was, a, um, I was born to Indian parents living in Hong Kong, going to first a British school and then an American high school and then an American college. So I had no idea who I was. I spent a lot of my life people pleasing because I felt that that's the best way to get people's approval and I had this deep sense of unworthiness so I was constantly looking to get people's approval and I felt that by by doing what other people wanted I, I, I would get their approval and and wouldn't feel this sense of rejection which as I said earlier since I had this sense of lack of self-worth I was constantly looking for that approval. Over time I've learned that you know when you're constantly listening to other people you forget to listen to yourself and it builds up and eventually it's like a it's like a downward spiral where you are, let other people dictate to you how your life should be and that leads to less and less self-esteem i think when i stepped out of my family business just two years ago that's when i started to create an identity of my own and today i feel a lot more confident in fact i used to be labeled as someone who was very meek i guess or very people used to love me right there was no one who didn't like me so much and just a few weeks ago, it was very interesting where someone told me that you're very dominating. And I said, okay, what do you mean by that? And they said, because you seem to really know what you want. And that was a real surprise to me. And I think it's something that's been a shift over the past, I would say, 12 to 24 months where I really started to understand who I am and step into that sense of identity of myself. So it's really been a journey and I'm much happier in the place I am now. Whereas earlier I was people pleasing. Now I've learned to please myself while while not hindering other people's um, journeys as well. I'm so uplifted to hear how far you've come with that journey. And I think people pleasing is something that a lot of people do struggle with, you know, and, and seeking that external approval and validation for others. So I think that's great how you said to stop listening to others and focus more on listening to yourself. So that's really, really powerful. Um, but I also wanted to ask, so what advice would you then give to someone who is currently trying to maybe embrace their authenticity more? I would say don't worry about not knowing who you are. It's a 
constant journey of evolution. We are never one person at any given time. It's, it's a constant evolution. I would say experiment with as many different things as you can. And there will be a sense of knowingness inside when, when you do something or you experience something. And it will just click where you'll be like, okay, this is what, this is what feels right to me. This is what I know I want to do. For me, it was coaching. I, I had these different elements of being able to listen to people, being able to know and understand how they felt. And I think I was coaching people for a long time without putting a formal structure to it. And when I came across coaching, it just felt right. I, I've experimented with so many different things in my life, but this just felt right. So don't, don't worry about not knowing who you are, what you are. Just experiment and, and eventually it will happen. And the way you know it'll happen is when, when you feel yourself coming closer and closer to figure out, figuring out your purpose. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's definitely like that because myself, I have gone through the same sort of like experimentation to try to find what my purpose is and all of that. And it, it's funny how, you know, you can follow a certain path to a point and then realize that that path is just leading you to a different point. That's going to leave you, lead you closer right. to where you actually should be. So it's, it's really cool how everything works in that sense. Um, but the, there's another thing I did want to ask you about really quickly, and you did touch on it earlier on, um, in regards to constant learning and I'm all about continual self-work. And for me, I do a lot of reading and I do a lot of podcast listening and all of that. But, um, you did mention you listened to audiobooks before. Can you just share with me how important is personal development to you? And is there any other forms of continual learning you try to do across your days? So I try to have an element of both structured and unstructured learning. I think the structured learning comes from my uh, the same thing, YouTube, podcasts, audiobooks, text-to-speech software, et cetera. Uh, so that has been super important for me. I think when you are on a, on a self-development and self-growth journey, you learn so many things. And, and I think it, it very much goes into what, what they call the, the Dunning-Kruger effect, where the less you know, the more you think you know. And the more you learn, the more you realize you really don't know that much. And I think it helps to keep you humble and it helps you keep, to gro- keep you grounded. And it, it, it helps you to stave off the sense of ego coming in. I've seen this happening with a lot of people, especially in India, where there's a lot of um, disparity between the haves and have nots. So I see a lot of people who have gained a little bit of success and now they really have this chip on their shoulder where they've stopped learning. And, and I think in today's day and age, not just for personal development, even for business development, the day you stop learning, I think that's the first day of your, your demise as, as an organization or as a business leader. So even in the business world, it's very important to continually learn. But I think as a person, it's, it's very easy to stagnate. And, and learning for me has helped me to not just make myself a better person. I've seen it's, it's improved the quality of my relationships with my family, my, 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 my wife, with my employees. Everything is just, it's just had such a compounding effect on everything that I do on all aspects of my life. I, I could not, I could not even assign a dollar value to it. I think it's the, the value it's given me has been infinite and, and I couldn't imagine not having, having that, that aspect in my life at all. Wow. Yes. I absolutely love what you said about, uh, the less, you know, the more you think, you know, that is, that speaks so much truth. And, and you're right. You're right. The more you do dive deeper into learnings and continue to learn, it is quite humbling 
you know, and it does take you down off that sort of pedestal that you might like not realize you've put yourself on. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's just such great information you shared with us now. Um, There's two more questions I did want to ask you before we jump off this call today, though. So the first one is, what do you want people to gain from hearing your story? What I want people to gain and understand is that we are constantly comparing the way we feel inside to how people look around us on the outside. But I think with most people, we all are going through the same things. We're all trying to figure out who we are. We're all trying to figure out what we want. So the sense that I've always had that sense when I was younger, where people around me felt so confident, they looked so confident, they knew what they wanted. And I felt like, you know, he or she is so good at what they do. They know what they want and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I think just, just understanding that we compare the way we see, feel inside to the way people look on the outside. If we can kind of pull ourselves back and gain a little bit of self-awareness, I think a little self-awareness goes a very, very long way. That itself will, will inspire you to, to start leading a happier life. Uh, I think that's one. And the second is that everybody has their own journey. So we don't need to, we can figure out our own definition of success. We don't need to, fi- we don't need to compare our financial bank account or the, um, the number of relationships we have or, or how many people we're impacting. I, I think it really doesn't matter. As long as, as long as we're happy in our own journey and our own path, and as long as we're not hurting anyone else along the way, um, then I think we're fine. And, and I think everyone has their own journey to, to realize. So let's not compare, uh, especially in the world of social media, where we're constantly seeing other people's lives up close, but it's a very artificial life. So if, if we can do that, if we can just get some self-awareness, it, it goes a very, very long way. Yes, I'm so glad you did mention the topic of um, comparison because I really do believe that comparison is the thief of joy and it's one of the biggest things that can, um, you know, take away from someone's journey, take take away that happiness, take away those uh, small achievements they make each day that they should be proud of because they become too fixated on observing what's going on around them rather than um, just being in their moment, in their journey and focused on themselves. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And the last thing that I did want to ask you today, because this is the real time podcast, I like to ask all of my guests when they come on this show, um, what is one piece of real advice you would absolutely love to leave our listeners with today? One piece of advice that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I would say that everything in life only has the meaning you attach to it and you have the power to attach whatever meaning you want to. So if you, if you lose some money or, or, you know, if, if, if a client doesn't pay you, it can either mean that you've been served some injustice or it could mean that, okay, you need to learn something from it. If you lose a loved one, if anything at all happens in your life, the only meaning it has is a meaning that you attach to it and you have the power to attach an empowering or a disempowering meaning to it. So leading a good life and a happy life is completely within our power, regardless of how low we might feel at that point in time. If we can remember this, we will always lead an empowered life. 
it's always challenging picking one piece of advice, but honestly, you nailed that one. I think that is it's just absolutely incredible <laughs> advice to be able to leave all of our listeners with today. So thank you so much for that. Um, honestly, Gaurav, this has been an extremely inspiring and insightful um, conversation we've had today. I am so grateful that you've taken the time from the other side of the world to jump on this call and um, thank you so much. share your words with us all. So thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Emily. I really enjoyed it. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into my real-time podcast. I have had so much fun making this and I hope this has been able to help you in some way. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to share it with someone who may be in need of hearing it. My goal with this channel is to bring you guys content of real value. So help me share this message and share this podcast by screenshotting it and tagging me on your stories. By doing so, you'll be doing your part in helping me build this platform and build a space where people can listen can grow and can overcome whatever obstacles are getting in the way of their success. But that starts with you guys. Tag me at emilyjane.dm in your stories and hashtag realtime and I'll be sure to reshare you on my page. Thank you so much again guys for listening in today. Your support honestly means the world to me. So until next time, keep it real.